Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. So drop points at the Palace. City misfiring up front means a win for Liverpool at Arsenal in midweek will cut City's lead at the top to just one point. We will discuss that and a man of the match performance in the Champions League for City legend, Scott Carson. Uh, City, of course, progressing thanks to a magnificent nil-nil draw against Sporting. Uh, we'll look forward to a potentially tough trip to Southampton in the FA Cup on Sunday as well. To discuss that and much more, I've got three City fans, John Stapleton, Stuart Brodkin and Tony Newgrosh. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Evening, Hi. Nigel. Let's start with you, John, please. As always, you were there at the Palace uh, last night. We're recording this on, on Tuesday. Let's start with that strong lineup. first of all, John, of course. Delighted when I saw that team, but despite all of that possession, just a point to show for it. A very, very frustrating evening indeed, Nigel, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think there was one player performed to people's expectations. And uh, perhaps most disappointing of all was the wonderful Bernardo Silva, who was below par, certainly by his usually impeccable standards. We hit the bar, we hit the woodwork twice. We missed two, maybe three golden opportunities to win, but the ball was just not going the back of the net. And some people regarded the performance as sluggish. I don't think it was particularly sluggish. But we just, just you know, it was just the, the gods were not with us, that's for sure. And credit to Palace. Credit, I thought, to you, because Palace defended very, very well. What I couldn't understand, certainly in the last 20 minutes, is why Pep didn't bring on a sub. I mean, we've got Sterling there, we've got Jesus there. All right, you know, they're, they're not the big centre forward we were perhaps missing uh, on the night. They're both midgets by comparison. But basically, fresh legs you can't have done any harm, in my view. But, you know, maybe others think differently. But I... Yeah, I came away very frustrated back on the train to Thorns and Heath Station and uh, talking to some other City fans on, on, on the train as well, feeling exactly the same as I did. We'll, we'll come on to the sort of pep and, and maybe some comments about him in terms of substitutions and, and some of the reasons he gave for the, uh, for the drop of points as well. We'll come on to that, John, if we can. Sure. In the meantime, Stuart, I know you were there as well. Your, your, your thoughts and how frustrated were you? Very. Um... I don't think we played badly. I think we played a lot worse against Everton and we got three points. We played a lot better last night, got one point. That's football, I think Pep said. Um, I'm not sure about... Um, we had no luck. That was the main thing. If one of one of those five or six sort of guilt-edged chances that had gone in, it would have been a different game, but that's hindsight. Um, I thought we had... We had a, a huge amount of possession. I thought we were... We, there was no... No lack of effort, no lack of motivation. I think the players run themselves into the ground. Maybe we should have had a 20 minutes of someone else, but 
I thought we played well. I really did. I, I was very frustrated with the actual end product, but I thought we, in, in the main, I thought we played well. Interesting. Uh, Tony, are you as positive as Stuart is? I mean, you made the point, obviously, quite rightly, I guess, that at Everton, we didn't play as well, but came away with three points. Uh, but, but it wasn't City at its best, was it? No, it wasn't. I think over the two games, four points is probably about right, to be honest. You know, you might say at Southampton as well before that, we weren't quite at our best. It was one of those nights, wasn't it? The ball just wouldn't go in. Um, you kind of feel if we got one, we might have gone on to get three or four. Just just put the ball in the back of the net. Sometimes they just seem to forget that's actually the idea of the game. You look at the stats, it's a typical City performance. 74% possession, dominating shots, corners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was all there apart from the end product, unfortunately. Just just wouldn't come. John, you mentioned Bernardo Silva. I, can I chuck a couple more of names into the pot who were particularly disappointing as well? Phil Foden, who looked a bit lost in that false nine position, didn't get into the game at all like he has done in the past. Cancelo, I, had, I think, had one of his worst games in a City shirt. What a, what a season he's been having. So there's just there's three names to just band about. Your, your thoughts on maybe those three together? Yeah, you echo the thoughts of the guy standing behind me from the off was giving Cancelo a lot of stick. I thought it was unjustified initially. Don't forget, he hit the woodwork, didn't he, with a tremendous shot at one stage. Uh, Foden, yeah, I, for me, on that occasion, didn't work there. But then I reflect on his performance against Manchester United on Sunday when he, I thought he was absolutely superb. That goal, that well, he nearly scored was like the gas coin goal of year, years ago. Uh, yeah, um, it's sad. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, there, there, as I said at the start, there wasn't one single player who stood out, frankly, who played to their maximum potential. Uh, Walker was caught napping. Uh, Laporte was caught napping defensively. Early in the early stages, I thought, you know, we're going to give this away through silly mistakes yet, yet again. Uh, and but but we didn't we didn't get, well we didn't give it away give, give it away totally but yeah there was there was no one there it was as though they were all just a bit weary and that, that's why I think as I said earlier I think a couple of subs towards them would have helped. Can I throw one name on on the table, John, for you just to ponder? Who I thought actually had quite a good game. I'm I'm struggling a bit, but I'm trying to find something positive to say. I thought John Stones looked looked really good right. last night. I thought I thought he yeah. had a really good game. Never looked in any trouble. Looked assured. Looked confident. And I I, I was pleased to see that. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you, Nigel. And perhaps my 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 statement was a bit too uh, too sweeping a statement to could not condemn them all, but to mildly criticise them all. And John Stones did, did extremely well. Uh, yeah, confident and more confident than Laporte, um, certainly. But Walker, I thought, was you know kept drifting all over the place. Maris kept drifting in, into the middle, and people were you know saying, "Well, why did he stay on the wing and get, create a bit of space for himself?" We, we kept dr- trying to drive the ball through the middle, and you know the, the five-man defence there, there was no chance. You know, well, there was there was there could have been a chance, but we didn't we didn't create one. Stuart, do you want to pick up on any? Individuals, particularly in terms of good performance, bad performance, what did what did you see in in those well, individual I think performances? As I said, I thought we played okay. Um, bad performances. Foden would look completely lost in that role and down, you know, as a false nine. He's he's much better when he's running at players from outside and to in. Um, you're right, Cancelo put some terrible balls. Uh, his accuracy had gone completely. I think the pitch was too small, the grass was too long. <laughs> Basically. We sound like Klopp now. Are you going to tell me yes. the wind was too strong as well? They'll add that into the mix as well, which yeah. I think he's gone for in the past. Tony, can we move on to this uh, this striker 
situation, um, which we, we we come we talk about sort of pretty pretty regularly. Um, you can argue on one hand, City sit top of the Premier League. We're in the FA Cup quarterfinals. We progressed very nicely in the Champions League. Uh, and we've done that without a striker all season. However, there are games like those games last night where it just looks as though we're absolutely desperate for a striker. Would that be yes. fair? Yes, and breaking news on the Man City show, Manchester City need a striker. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody just needs to put the ball in the back of the net occasionally. And we all hope it's Haaland next season. I hope they're right. It might just cost us this season. You know what, if we have to wait a year, then then so be it for the right striker. Because he, if he's the one, he'll hopefully be here for a very long time. So I hope he does come. I suspect it might cost us this season. You look at, I hate to compare us to Liverpool, but if you look at the number of strikers and people in form up front they have, um, it's quite daunting, to be honest. And it's interesting what we said about Phil last night. He's been brilliant in that false nine, hasn't he? I mean, he destroyed United a couple of weeks ago. Just wasn't his night. And maybe, you know, we, we put a lot on his 21-year-old shoulders, I think, don't we? So, look, hopefully we've got our poor games out of the season. We'll be fine. I'm still quietly confident, he says. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it, John? Isn't it? Because we, we talk, we wax lyrical about these goals coming from all over the park, the, the, the fluidity of the front six. And yet there's a game like that where we say we need a striker. Help, help, yeah. help us unpick this one, John. I know you're... Well, you're, I, you're... I can't. I, I can't, to be honest with you, because... But I have to confess that last night, for the first time, I generally thought, yes, we do need a striker. Because in the past, like you, I've said, well, let's you know, look back at our performance, look back at what we've done without a striker. No problem. Everyone scores. You know, 17 different players at one stage had scored a goal. And I think that probably remains the case. Mahrez has been on you know, great form. All right, quite a few of them were penalties. Do we need a striker? Jesus can play in the middle, you know. Uh, not, as, not as effectively, in my view, as he does on, on the wing, as we found out. But we haven't needed it. But I did think last night, yes, a big, you know, the height of the, our players as well is another issue, isn't it? You know, I think if we had a big guy in the middle there, I'm told, however, by a little bird I can't disclose the name of, that the Haaland deal is just eye-wateringly expensive. And it's, you know, it's him, the agent. And I, I gather, and I haven't but this confirmed, so don't take this as gospel, but even his dad, you know, uh, are in there for big, big bucks, and I'm uh, seriously big money. Now, City can afford it. I'm sure. I'm sure they can. But you know, I was looking at again. Sorry, come back. Come back to this. But uh, you know, it's about it is about people scoring goals. I was looking at Jack Grealish again last night. That didn't look like hundred million pounds worth to me. I have to say, against United, great game against United. That's the only time I felt Jack Grealish was a one hundred million pound footballer. Mm. Yeah, well, he wasn't alone last night, wasn't he? I think we've made that point already. And But you say the two previous games, I think he started to come into his own and uh, was looking a special player. Yes. Uh, Stuart, can we go back to this striker situation? Yeah. Again, your view, and I know you, you've commented on it before, but we're a few games on, and of course, seeing what the yeah. sort of misfiring up front sort of does bring it back into focus, doesn't it? But, but are we misfiring up? We've got five against Lisbon, we've got four against United. OK, we do need a striker, 100%, but we would have to play differently... And I don't think we could just bring Haaland into the team for games against, you know, Southampton and uh, Crystal Palace. I think if we're paying him half a million pounds a week, which we probably are going to have to, uh, we're going to have to change our way of playing, really, to accommodate him. It's going to be a different look altogether. I mean, Pep is not a great one for strikers, to be honest. I mean, he didn't like Lukaku. He didn't, he didn't particularly like Aguero, to be honest. And Aguero is more of a sort of, a, you know, 
more compact player than than Harland is, but his record is outstanding. Um, I just looked it up before the show, and he scored for Borussia Dortmund in all competitions. He scored eighty goals in eighty appearances. That's including the Champions League, Bundesliga, and the German Cup. I think so. He's going to be worth the money if we can afford him, which we can. Uh, the transfer fee is not big you know, because of the, the release clause. We have to we have to have him, I think. And I think if we do have him, you'll see a different way of playing, and you'll see a lot, probably a few more goals. <laughs> but he's, he's definitely the man for me. I, I don't think I don't I think Kane's a great player. I, I never really warmed to Kane, but his record is good as well. But you know, in terms of age and you know. Uh, what they can do in the future. I think Harlan's got to be the player we sign. And we're pretty close, according to a few sources. And, and obviously we've got two uh, established, uh, high-credibility journalists on the show uh, tonight, and, and Tony Newgrosh. I'm not quite sure what he brings. But so, so just coming to our two distinguished journalists first... I'm looking around to see how I can see one. Uh, we'll come to you in a minute, John. It's Tony Newgrosh who's got to look around because he brings nothing to the show whenever he comes on. But we'll, we'll see how he well does made. anyway in a second. Uh, but to, to our distinguished, uh, knowledgeable, outstanding journalist first, if I can, your thoughts on whether this deal is going to go through. And obviously we, we don't know, John. It sounds like maybe you've got such, some inside information, which clearly you won't, you won't tell us much more about, which I completely respect and understand. So, for Stuart, first of all, it's kind of... If you're a betting man, which I know you are as well, uh, would would is this deal going to get across the line? Is Haaland going to be joining City, do you reckon? I think Haaland will move. Um, there are only two teams in the running. Barcelona haven't got the money. Real Madrid haven't really got the money either, but they're the only other option for him, I think, apart from City. Uh, I would say yes. He'll, okay. He'll, he'll be in a... I saw a City fan last night in a Harlan, wearing a Harlan shirt, so he must be very, very confident. It was his dad's. Come on, Stuart, pick up the pace. <laughs> it, was his dad's. it was a laser. It was a laser blue brother shirt, I think, with Harland on the back. That you, I saw the same shirt. Uh, uh, our next distinguished, most distinguished, uh, and decorated broadcaster, uh, Mr. Stapleton. Yes or no? Is Harland coming to City? I'm coming around to the view that it, it will happen, but I, I'm I'm, all, I'm getting a bit tired of seeing all the rumours and speculation. The impeccable sources that turn out not to be impeccable sources, quoting this, that, and the other, like everyone else, I, I suppose. It's been going on for a very long time. I don't, I don't know whether, whether I've bored you with the story, but I saw him when he was 18 years old playing play for Mulder in Norway, right, against Hibs in a Europa, Europa League game. My daughter-in-law comes from Mulder, and we just happened to be there. He beat Hibs on his own. He was, he was abs- I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Uh, Neil Lennon, who was managing Hibs at the time, was standing right in front of him. He was going absolutely ballistic at his team. This kid, just came, well, he was on from the start. He's, he played an absolute blinder, and that was the first time I've been aware of him. Uh, I've heard of him, but I've never seen him play. He is sensational, and he's, he's obviously increased his experience since then. And as has as been said, his, his goal-scoring record is fantastic. I think it will probably happen. It, will, it won't break City's bank, but it will break a lot of other banks, and it will be a great deal of dosh, and there'll be a lot of pressure on him. But, yeah, I'm coming around to the And maybe last night was a turning point. Maybe last night, if, if there are, are people who had any doubts, uh, any residual sort of concerns about the, about the money. Maybe last night was the night that changed their minds or edged them towards a, a finality. 
City fan Tony Newgrosh, you get a vote as well, my friend. Um, uh, is, is, it, is it a yes or a no from you, Harlan joining well, City? Well, thank you very much. As someone who had an article in King of the Kipax in 1993, I think I'm very well qualified to comment on this. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think he'll come. I think this could be also what persuades Pep to stay on a bit longer as well. So I, I, I'm, I hope for two reasons it happens. Uh, Tony, can you kick off on this subject that, that John raised earlier on about kind of this, this no-sub situation? We had a pretty good bench last night um, and, and lots of city, lots of people around me as well, just like John was saying, you know, why didn't we bring somebody on? We had options off on the bench. And of course, I was standing next to Graham Reed, who's been on this show a few times, you, you may remember. And Graham said to me, when he's interviewed afterwards about not using any stubs, he will say something along the lines of, the players were playing in the right rhythm and I didn't need to change it. And bugger me, word for word, that's exactly what he said. So well done, Graham Reed. You, you got it absolutely spot on. So that's always kind of his excuse. But why, why do you think, it, what, what, what's it all about? Does he not like to admit he's wrong, as one of our Twitter followers has asked the question as well? So there's kind of two questions combined there. Why no subs and why can't Pep just put his hand up and admit he's wrong sometimes? Well, we talked about this last time I was on, actually, interestingly enough, when we were 1-0 up and any other manager in the universe would, would make a substitution just to waste a bit of time, and he doesn't. And I think, you know, I think that's a compliment to him and his, his footballing theories, as it were. Um, but no, he was crying out last night. And if Raheem Sterling can't get 10 minutes when we're really struggling to make a breakthrough, I know he has his critics, but I'm not sure it's great management, to be honest. Far be it from me to criticise the greatest ever manager in the history of football. Um, but I did think it was quite extraordinary. We needed it just to shake things up, to be honest. Um, so I can't really explain it, to be honest, especially since Pep in the past has been one of the managers who's been pushing for five substitutes. Well, that's five too many, it seems, a lot of the time for him, unfortunately. He's not a great loser. He doesn't like to admit he's wrong. Same with Jurgen Klopp, Alex Ferguson. It's, I think it's all part of the makeup of what makes these great managers great. They hate to lose, but no, it's hard, really, to fathom, really, isn't it? Stuart, can you work it out? Can you put your finger on it? Why no subs? Maybe he was trying to send a message to the hierarchy saying, look, I've got Jesus as a striker, basically, uh, although he hasn't played out in that position that much this season. Let's, let's get a proper striker. Let's buy a proper striker. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a great fan of Jesus uh, as a striker. I'm not... Sterling's not been playing that well for most of the season. I don't know. Uh, maybe fresh legs, yeah. I was thinking Gundogan or something like that might have come on for 20 minutes. But he's not a great user of strikers, and he's very late with his strikers very often. So inexplicable, really. But, but like Tony said, he doesn't like to, to say, I got it wrong, or, or to appear to have got it wrong. You know, could have been a good point last night, by the way. Indeed, it may well. well. We'll wait to see what Arsenal do this week, of course. You know, they could well do us a favour. John, you raised the issue right at the start. Do you, do you have an answer to the question you raised? I don't have an answer. Particularly bear in mind that I read just before I went to the ground that, that uh, Raheem Sterling always scores against Crystal Palace. Apparently he does. He's, time and again, he's, he's scored. We didn't seize that opportunity. Um, and I, I, was, I was looking at Stuart Brennan's blog, Stuart Brennan from Manchester News, a man I, I respect. And Stuart got a lot of stick uh, overnight by saying this was a shoddy performance by City. I didn't think it was shoddy. I thought it was below par. Uh, but, you know, he might have had a different reflection had, had one of those subs been brought on. And as I think as Tony rightly pointed out, you know, is a man who advocates five subs, well, not to use even one, you know, in a situation like that. 
it was it wasn't as serious nowhere near as serious as the champions league final selection uh, in porto but it was a similar instance wasn't it of, you know pep maybe overthinking it maybe trying to be too clever i, I don't know I, I don't i can't see any point in continuing to play 11 players one or two of them look a bit looked a bit tired to put it mildly emotionally if not physically um when you, you got the option of swapping them over didn't didn't don't get it sorry end of story all right, let's let's move forward. And and uh, it was a bit of a dead rubber. We were five nil up, of course. Um, and and the highlight for me, of course, was Scott Carson's appearance. What what a magical moment for all City fans. The legend that is Scott Carson. Uh, Stuart, lead us off on this one. Pay, pay your own, here's your opportunity to pay your own tribute to the great Scott Carson, who who, who played in the Champions League. So what, what a moment that was for everybody at the Etihad. Absolutely, a lot of the players. When Edison came off and Carson came on, that embrace and smiles said everything. I think you know they smiled at each other. I understand that the. Carson's secret Santa present from the city players was a tour of the Etihad. <laughs> apparently, um, um, yeah, I just think it. he's a great, a great pro, uh, and I do think he, he brings something to the table. I think the players obviously respect him, and the, all the all the lads, you know, the young and old players. Uh, I just think he's a great, a great sort of um, role model, to be honest. Uh, I haven't seen much of him but, as a player, but yeah, I, I think he's been he's been good for the club. And, and being Pet serious, rewarded him. Pet rewarded him absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point I was going to make. So, kind of being serious for a moment, it, it, being five nil up and, and nil nil in the tie, he had an opportunity to to, to make a gesture like that. You well, know, and he won't get a medal, won't he, if we win the Champions League? I, I, I believe so, and I think it's yeah. things like that. I think that's that's good thinking. It's yeah, we can all joke about it, but but Tony, do, do you have a view? Is that kind of a bit? bit stupid or actually quite a nice gesture. Where do you sit on this one? I think it was a very nice gesture, to be honest. Um, he's been a loyal servant to the club and he deserves his 17 minutes of fame, as it were. And he, he pulled off, it was the highlight of the night, that save he made, wasn't it? So apart from that, nothing much to report from the game. I don't think anyone particularly put their hands up for a first-team place of the uh, non-regular starters. So best forgotten, to be honest. And, and that's when it's nice, isn't it, John? Just a nice gesture, as we've all kind of agreed. But actually, that save was an outstanding save. It was an outstanding save. And uh, I gather he's a you know, very useful addition to the squad behind the scenes in the dressing room as well as on the pitch. And he's a bit almost in the same category as Fernandinho, isn't he? You know, the old man of the squad. Great to see him come on and, 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 and prove in his case, although not, not, as, not as often as Fernandinho does, prove that in his case he's, he's still up to scratch and still capable of... Uh, of performing and not letting the side down, which he certainly didn't do. You know, so yeah, great, great moment for him. One I'll obviously never forget. Absolutely, John. Let's let's look forward. Let's look forward to this FA Cup tie. Another yeah. chance for another trip to Wembley. Uh, the Etihad South beckons. If we can get past a, a resurgent sort of Southampton side, well, we've lost a couple recently. Exactly, a couple of games recently, uh, and uh, you know they drew with us at the Etihad, didn't they, earlier in the season, which which was a bit of a surprise. I thought they. They they line themselves up very very effectively there, just as Palace did last night actually. So uh, nothing to walk over in this league. I know it's the FA Cup, but then it's a bit different in a way. But Pep will treat it seriously. He'll put out a strong team as ever. Whether he will, as he indicated last night, retain the same eleven as played at Salas Park, I'm not sure actually. Um, maybe one one or two changes, but it will it will not be easy by by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
I think I'm fairly confident we're due a win. It must be due a win after that performance last night, given City's record. So I, I but I, I, I say we'll, we'll win, but I'm not. I, I think it would be anything but convincing. Anything but you know a major win. Anything. I mean, maybe the odd goal, but nothing more than that. You know, Ward Prowse on the free kicks is a, is a real danger. Um, they've got some. They've got some talented players, there. and they're, they're a good club. I mean, you know, they're, they're a bit like Burnley. You know, they keep finding young players, and well, Brentford, they keep finding young players from somewhere or other get them into the squad, then flogging them off and still surviving. So, you know, hats off to them. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be an interesting encounter. Tony, your thoughts ahead of the Southampton game? Yeah, looking forward to, you know, quarter-final FA Cup, Southampton away. I think we'd, we'd take that. Yes, it will be a tough game and they've got everything to play for, haven't they? They'll, they'll, they'll throw the kitchen sink at it. They're a, as John said, I think they're a very well-run club and a nice club. It'll be a good day out. Are we good enough to beat Southampton? Of course we are. Will we be up for it? I hope so. I hope we'll be a little bit more up for it than perhaps we were at Palace. So I think we'll be all right. Looking forward. Stuart, finally yourself, my friend. What's your view ahead of the Southampton? Uh, they've given us trouble in the past, in the, this season in the in the league. Uh, don't give away any free kicks. I think you've said Ward Prowse uh, is like one of these kickers who comes on for these American football teams. No. We, we had him as a sort of permanent free kick specialist. He might even be better than De Bruyne, but anyway, <laughs> they they're well run, like you say, Tony. Uh, the manager is very highly thought of. It's been mentioned in dispatches for bigger jobs, and they will be absolutely wound up for this one. But hopefully, we'll get through. Hopefully, we will, and we look forward to that. And we look forward to speaking to you all very soon. Thanks to my three guests: to Stuart Brodkin, to Tony Newgrosh, and to John Stapleton. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.